0: The EMT, by On My Literature Bullshit Again, chapters 1-2, to part 12 of the Midwest By Disaster Zuko series, read by Milo Zuko Deer, from AO3. Rating, teenin' up audiences, archive warning, no archive warnings apply, category, m M/M. m, fandom, avatar the last airbender, relationship, soccer Zuko, characters, Sokka, Zuko, Teo. Brief references to other characters. Additional tags. Midwest by Disaster Zuko. Zuko, Freeform. Alternate Universe, Modern Setting. Established Relationship. Bisexual Sokka. Bisexual Zuko. Hurt Comfort. Injured Sokka. Poor Sokka gets beat up here. EMT Zuko. Point of View Zuko. Badass Zuko. Medical care. Love and support. Developing relationship. Warning for mild homophobia. Warning for implied racism. Summary When a fun night out with Teo takes a turn for the worst, it's up to EMT Zuko to take care of an injured soccer. Chapter 1 Soccer only worked a few days a week in the actual office, preferring the noise and chaos and impulsivity granted by his home office, but he did like his co-workers for the most part. Especially Teo, who was young and outgoing and incredibly earnest all the time. He'd apparently globbed onto Soccer because Soccer was loud and made friends with everyone and was the only other openly queer guy in the office. Soccer wasn't sure of the whole Openly queer thing came from the bi pride pin on his jacket, or the photo of him and Zuko pinned up on the wall of his cubicle, or the fact that he took every opportunity possible to make jokes like, "Not refilling the coffee pot is homophobic, Sharon," or, "Let me be straight with you, Rhiannon. Well, as straight as I can be." Regardless, Teo had become Sokka's office pal. Sokka had warned him though that if Teo was looking for some sort of gay mentor. Soccer probably wasn't the right choice, considering he was only half gay and a whole disaster. And Teo had laughed and done a quick wheelie on his wheelchair like the little baby rebel he was, and Soccer decided immediately that they were definitely bros. So when Teo very nervously approached him and asked if he'd be willing to go with him to a drag show that weekend, Soccer had enthusiastically said, yes. It's just... One of my friends is performing, but I don't have a lot of other friends who'd maybe want to go, and I haven't really, you know, been to a gay bar before, and you seem… Teo had hurried on before realising Sokka was watching him with a smile. Oh, you already agreed, didn't you? Yep, Sokka announced. Let's do it. But we're just watching and yelling and tipping, right? He added quickly. You're not expecting me to perform or something, are you? Teo laughed and shook his head. No, we'd just be yelling and tipping. At least, I assume. He looked briefly panicked. Do you think we actually have to perform? Sokka laughed too. Nah, I doubt it. We'll just bring lots of dollar bills and I'll be as obnoxious as possible. Cool with you? Teo had smiled wider. That, yeah, that sounds fun. Thank you. Of course, buddy, Sokka replied. No one should have their first gay bar experience all alone. Oh, should I bring my boyfriend too? He's obviously not nearly as fun as me, but he'd also be cool and supportive. And Teo had agreed with that too, looking excited and nervous and just like the most adorable little baby gay Sokka had ever gotten the chance to interact with. He realised Teo was like 22 and not a baby, but still. So the plan was set, and all Sokka had to do was lean back in his office chair to a dangerous level that had ended in disaster before, but hadn't stopped him from doing it, and text Zuko. Drag show this Saturday for Teo's first gay bar experience? You remember Teo right? Younger guy, longish hair, dad's the crazy engineer who tricks out his wheelchair. Of course I remember Teo. And it sounds fun, but I gotta work that night until 1am. Boo! crying face. Why do you have to be responsible? Do people really need you saving their lives on a Saturday? Can't they wait? Oh, totally. I'm sure people can just restart their own hearts and get to hospital, or wait until my next shift before going into anaphylaxis. No biggie. Sokka chuckled and spun a little in his chair, making the wheels squeak. Oh, I guess. You still cool if I go? Yeah, of course. Have fun with Theo. Can we meet after, at least? I might need mouth-to-mouth kiss emoji. Eyes rolling. If anyone other than you was making this joke to me again, I'd kill them in cold blood. Well, it's a good thing you love me so much, huh? Really? You're just lucky you're so good in bed, so I've got a reason to keep you around. Sokka laughed loudly enough that he actually covered his mouth to stop, because the last thing he needed was Grant in the cubicle next to him making passive-aggressive comments about his noise levels. He typed back a response. Speaking of being good in bed, meet up after? Sure, although good in bed after this shift might mean... Sokka rubs Zuko's achy neck and tells him he's pretty until they both fall asleep. Compromise with neck rubs and making out and Zuko is shirtless and falling asleep together? Thinking hand-holding hug emoji? As long as you're not covered in glitter or something, it's a date. If you're glittery, don't you dare come within 20 feet of me. Just for that, I'm going to buy glitter and fill your pillowcase with it. Then say goodbye to any mouth-to-mouth you think might happen in the future, because I will end you. Sokka laughed again. God, I love that snarky bastard, he muttered to himself, looking up at the picture pinned above his desk of the two of them. It was just the selfie from downtown near the Jasmine Dragon that he'd printed out on regular paper, so the colour wasn't quite right, but everything else was. Their heads tipped together and both looking at the camera, Zuko's arm looped around Sokka's shoulders while Sokka held up the phone. They were both smiling, although Sokka's was wide and completely unapologetic and Zuko's was more of a smirk. Basically, it was perfectly them. And it made him think of that afternoon when they admitted they loved each other. All that awkwardness and affection in the chill of November. And that was why it was the one he wanted in his cubicle next to a family snapshot and the one from last time he'd hung out with his friends back home. Sokka smiled to himself and finally let his chair drop completely back to the floor, in preparation for actually working again. Sokka picked Teo up on Saturday night, making sure his car had room for Teo's customised, lightweight chair he took when they went out, and followed Teo's directions to the garden nightclub. While Sokka had just gone with his normal sort of look, a fitted tank top under his normal denim jacket with his by-pride pin and some dark-washed jeans. Teo had put a floral-patterned green blazer over his grey t-shirt and skinny jeans, painted his nails a matching dark green, pulled his loose hair back in a bun, and done a smear of smoky eyeliner around his dark eyes. Well, damn, Sokka said as he helped him into his passenger seat. I should have tried harder, apparently. Teo just blushed. It doesn't look bad, does it? No, you look great, Sokka said. We may just need some sort of hand signal if you've found yourself some hot dude and want me to piss off. Teo laughed and blushed a little, but didn't argue with him, which Sokka locked in the back of his mind in case his little Gaby was actually looking to hook up tonight. He'd have to keep an eye on him, just in case. They got to the club a bit early to beat the larger crowds, and be sure they could find space within to watch the drag show. Sokka got Teo's chair set up next to the spot they'd found on the street around the corner from the bar, which was a little further away from the front door than Sokka had wanted, but Teo didn't complain as he climbed into his chair. He still looked nervous, so Sokka clapped him on the shoulder, wheeled him backwards and shut the passenger door. It's going to be great, Sokka said, manoeuvring the chair up onto the sidewalk. Teo messed with his hair a little and pulled at his sleeves, and Sokka chuckled and continued toward the front door. At least it was March, and just muddy and sort of grey and barren out, rather than snowy and freezing like it could have been. There also weren't many people on the dark street yet. A few people walking on the sidewalk, a few drag queens getting out of their cars, some people loitering on benches, but at least they avoided the possible crowds of crazy drunk people. They rounded the corner and headed toward a straight bar two businesses down from the garden, with some guys smoking outside. Soccer watched the guys from the corner of his eyes, noting the way they frowned and muttered as the drag queen walked quickly past them towards the other bar, and he picked up his pace. The guys were still talking and laughing as Sokka and Teo passed, and Sokka felt their eyes. Of course these were the types of guys to lurk outside, policing the streets and the bars and making everyone around them uncomfortable. There were a few semi-audible comments with words soccer had become all too familiar with from when he was a teen, and from the way he sunk down slightly in his chair, Teo recognised them as well. Soccer shot a few guys a sharp glare but didn't say anything, unwilling to start something when it was just him and Teo and at least six all-American-looking assholes. But at a comment about a slur, on wheels, said in a slightly too loud voice that made Teo flinch, Sokka actually made eye contact with the speaker. He was a squarish, football player type, with the unflinching confidence only a mediocre, straight white man could have. You that insecure in your masculinity? Soccer asked with a raised eyebrow and a faux, sympathetic smile. Girlfriend have to fake it a little too often and it's starting to hurt your feelings? That why you need to be a little bitch to some strangers on the street? The mediocre white man's face turned a bit red, and a few of the guys lost some of the teasing in their faces and glared and Sokka glared back as he and Teo kept going past. It was one thing if someone said something shitty about him, but about Teo? Fuck that. So Sokka didn't back down. There was another comment from somewhere in the crowd that Sokka was pretty sure had more to do with his skin colour than his sexuality, so he added a quick fuck off and die, you pathetic pricks, as he walked. There were definitely louder, more openly aggressive comments then, but they were past them and almost to the garden. Still, Sokka kept his back straight and his awareness behind him until they actually got to the main door, which was lit up with a neon rainbow flag and pink lights around the edges. You okay? He leaned down and asked Teo. Yeah, just… Teo replied, taking hold of his wheels again as Sokka got the door. Wasn't expecting that, I guess. Most people aren't like that, Sokka said. Don't let some drunk dickbags ruin your night. They paid their cover charge to a girl in a leopard-print corset who was standing behind the front desk and looking past them through the doors. Is it the guys from the taproom again? She asked as she counted back their change. I swear, those arseholes are just getting worse. Teo instantly looked nervous and a little pale, and the girl must have noticed because she immediately smiled and added, Don't worry, sweetie. They're just a lot of talk but even they wouldn't risk the wrath of a queen in six-inch stilettos. Teo managed to smile. Show starts at ten, so you boys have time to get some drinks first. Have fun, she added, and Sokka gave her a grateful nod and followed Teo down a hallway toward the venue space. It was sparse enough still that they could find a table a few back from the front and move extra chairs aside so Teo would fit beside it and wouldn't get trapped, and then Sokka ordered their first drinks from the bar. While he waited on the bartender, he sent Zuko a quick text. Thanks for not being a shitty straight white man. He paid for the drinks and felt a responding buzz in his pocket. You're welcome? Is this code for something I don't understand? Lot of things wrong with that statement overall. Just glad I'm not dating an asshole. I'm kind of an asshole. But in a good way, grin. That wasn't meant to sound sexual. But I mean, also in a sexual way. It seems pretty early for drunk texting. This is all sober soccer all the time, baby. Wink emoji. Oh my god, why am I dating you? How about I remind you later tonight, hot stuff? Kiss eggplant sunglasses emoji. The bartender set Sokka's drinks on the counter, so he tucked his phone back in his pocket and carried them back to the table. In the time he'd been gone, Teo had been joined by a leggy queen with tattoos and dark, heavy makeup. Oh, Sokka, Teo said as he came over, grinning and blushing a little. This is my friend, June. Sokka set the drinks down and introduced himself. And June greeted him with all the elegant aloofness of a queen. But then both Teo and June focused their full attention back on each other, much to Sokka's amusement. Teo hadn't lost the blush on his face, and June was leaning on an elbow and constantly shooting flirtatious looks Teo's way as she talked. Basically, Sokka drank and observed the adorable little oblivious courtship the two were playing at as they stole glances and little touches and teases. When June finally had to get up to head backstage, she waved at Teo quickly again before she disappeared, once more taking on a swaggering, bad girl sort of persona that matched the makeup and the vibe. Teo was still blushing. So, just a friend, huh? Soccer said, pushing Teo's ignored drink towards him. What? Oh, no, he's, I mean, she's, well, I know him better when he's not being June, but I mean, Teo stammered. And Sokka laughed. God, I finally get how Katara must have felt, he muttered to himself. Teo's eyebrows furrowed in confusion. My sister, Sokka explained over the rising music. She totally called that Zuko and I were into each other when we were being dumb and oblivious, so let me be your voice of reason. He pointed back toward the stage. That person likes you, and you clearly like her, or him, whatever version. So, please be smarter than me and talk about it sooner rather than later. Teo turned pink again, and looked about to respond when the MC of the show, an Aunt Wu with big hair and an assertive personality and bright coloured kimono, started the show. Sokka patted Teo on the arm and let the conversation go for the moment. But if he needed to be Teo's don't be a dumbass and communicate spirit guide, then he would be. He was also rewarded just then with a text from Zuko. You're so lucky you're hot and that I'm monosexual, because otherwise this would have crashed and burned from the very beginning. Heart emoji. Chapter 2 Summary Sokka finds himself in a bad situation that manages to make itself worse. Trigger warning, for referenced racism, ableism, and homophobia, as well as some fighting and some physical violence. Zuko was going to kill him for the glitter, but no amount of scratchy bathroom paper towels was getting it off Sokka's shirt and left arm, and so he'd literally have to go home, change, and then probably burn his clothes and scrub himself with steel wool before he was soccer colored again. He definitely blamed the Queen with the glitter cannon. Co. the face dealer of all slightly terrifying personas? For that one. But at least Teo seemed to be having a good night. They drank and cheered and tipped, and sweet little Teo and full-volume obnoxious Soccer had been a popular table for flirtation and comments from the MC and the other queens. Of course, Soccer could have done without the fortune-teller bit that said his future would be full of struggle and anguish most of it self-inflicted. But at least people had laughed when he'd responded, You sound like my boyfriend, at least buy me dinner first. Aunt Wu was undeterred by his sass, but Sokka supposed that was to be expected. June had been great, and clearly made a point to stop over mid-lip-sync to gyrate around Teo and give him a wink as she passed. Teo stared at her with red at the tops of his cheeks, and a ridiculous, flustered grin on his face, and the audience hollered in support. It all just affirmed what soccer already knew to be true about these two oblivious dummies. The crowd was rowdy and fun, the music was loud and upbeat, and the drinks were overpriced and worth it. Specifically because Soccer was mostly buying them and passing them off to Teo, until the younger guy was starting to match Soccer in volume. All in all, Sokka felt he could pat himself on the back for making Teo's first gay bar experience a safe and fun one, and when he'd gone to the bathroom to attempt to get the glitter off post-show, he'd left Teo with June. Performance now done, June had morphed back into a willowy, dark-haired guy around Teo's age named Ezra, who had shared his persona so that they could more easily spend the rest of the night together. He definitely still had June's sultry sort of voice, and some of her swagger and the same tattoos, but Teo seemed a little less intimidated at his friend being around with more subtle makeup and a more relaxed disposition. Ezra had been nice enough to reintroduce himself to Sokka as just himself, and Sokka had to agree that being Ezra rather than June would certainly make it easier for him and Teo to spend time by themselves in the crowded bar. Not that either seemed to notice there was even a bar around them. Sokka didn't feel bad ducking off to attempt to get the glitter off when Teo was left in Ezra's clearly capable hands. He'd still been attempting to spirit guide through the night, hinting and pointing things out and huffing in a way he knew he'd picked up from Zuko, but hopefully conveyed how dumb Teo was being, and it seemed to be paying off. Clearly he was right. Because when Sokka returned from the bathroom, the two were even closer together at the similarly glitter-flung table, empty glasses scattered across the surface. They were leaned together in a conversation completely separate from the noise and the crowds in the room, just their flirtatious smiles and intense discussion and not-quite-touching hands. Had he and Zuko really been that bad? Thinking back to Katara's wedding, they probably had been. God, the amount he'd just stared longingly at Zuko while convinced his hot neighbour didn't like him in that way? The now recognisable version of Zuko's flirting and affection the whole weekend? They'd been such dumbasses, and they were stupider even than these two because at least Teo and Ezra had the excuse of being twenty-two. Sokka and Zuko absolutely had not. Ah, eh, they'd worked it out in the end, and that was what mattered. In fact, Sokka took a moment to pull out his phone and check his messages for the first time post-show. He grinned at the alert icon and clicked it open. Hope you're having fun because I'm bored as hell here. Maybe people really could have done without me tonight. Buy Taylor a drink for me and don't let a queen drag you home. Sokka laughed to himself in surprise and typed back a response. Was that a pun? what? Not an intentional one. God, I love you. Also, see? You should have just come with us. And really, you adorable dummy, you're the only one I'm letting drag me anywhere. Sly emoji. You ought to know that by now. He slid his phone into his back pocket again and headed for the table where Teo and Ezra were still in their bubble of conversation, giggling and watching each other and blushing. Soccer just had to laugh. They barely even registered him as he sat back down again, although Teo did look him over for a moment. "'No luck with the glitter?' he asked sympathetically, and Sokka chuckled. "'Nope, apparently not,' Sokka said. Co's a menace,' Ezra said, grinning. "'But glitter's not a bad look for you, really.' "'Too bad my boyfriend doesn't agree,' Soccer said, rubbing at his arm again. So, if I want to get within twenty feet of him tonight, I might have to head out now to deal with this. He jerked his head towards the door with an apologetic smile. Teo's face fell a little. Oh, got it. He glanced at Ezra for a moment. Yeah, that's fine. He nodded at Sokka again. We can head out now. Oh, no, that's not what I was saying, Sokka replied quickly. I can always come back and pick you up later if you want since I drove, but… If you're having fun, he raised the suggestive eyebrow, then you should stay as long as you want. Just, you know, the two of you. Teo shot him a grateful smile. You sure that's okay? he asked. What the hell else are queer office his buddies for? Sokka elbowed him in the arm. Or, Ezra ventured, watching Teo with his sharp eyes still touched with impeccable makeup. I could always drive you home if you want. Teo looked over in surprise and blushed again. Oh, well, um... Just if that would help, Ezra added, briefly flustered, and god, they were both so adorable and stupid. Sokka stood up and took his coat off the back of his chair. So, there you go, lots of options, he grinned. Zuko did want me to buy you a drink in solidarity, he offered. Want one before I go? Teo smiled and glanced over at Ezra again. Nah, I think I'm okay, he said, looking back. Thanks again for this, Sokka. Of course, Sokka replied. Drinks on Zuko next time, then. I'm sure he'd be delighted. He probably wouldn't, but that'd be the whole fun. Honestly, the idea of Zuko here tonight, possibly covered in glitter and being teased by a drag queen with a filthy mouth, caused Sokka a great deal of joy. But he was feeling much more joy at the idea of getting home dealing with the glitter, and then banging on Zuko's door and throwing himself into his arms and demanding to be carried to bed. And Zuko would do it, Sokka spider-monkeyed around him, and he'd bitch the whole time when Sokka made fun of him. And then he'd have a whole night with him, where Zuko would tell him marginally terrifying work shift stories, and Sokka would play with his hair and attempt to make him laugh with stuff from the show. Then they'd get all snarled up together in the blankets to sleep and he could look forward to waking up to an armload of hot downstairs boyfriend and trying to tempt him into lazy morning sex and going out for coffee. Wow, they'd gotten domestic quickly. Soccer should not have been getting this worked up over that specific, fairly benign mental picture. And yet he was, and he wasn't mad about it. He shook his head and shot another smile down at his office buddy. Okay, well, I'm going to head out then, he announced because there was still the showering and steel wool to deal with. But seriously, call me if you need a ride. I'll keep my phone loud. Teo promised that he would, and quickly confirmed that Sokka was safe to drive. Which he was, Sokka wasn't an idiot. And Sokka again said how nice it was to meet Ezra before giving the pair a last wave and heading for the door. He navigated back through the crowds and gave another nod to the leopard print girl at the front booth and stepped out into the night. His ears were a little muffled, he noticed, when faced with the comparative quiet, but it was good to take a deep breath too and feel the chill. He sort of hated to put his poor jacket on and infest it with the glitter too, so he carried it, trusting his hearty blood and the image of a post-work cuddly tired Zuko to get him to the car. It wasn't too cold outside, and there were more people out on the sidewalk now between the garden and where he'd parked. Still, Sokka walked quickly as his skin prickled and he shot Zuko one more quick text letting him know he was on his way back now and that he better be prepared to be tackled with overwhelming and annoying affection. It was the act of texting that probably led him to crashing into someone on the sidewalk. Hey, sorry, Sokka said quickly, looking up, only to realise he'd come face to face with the mediocre white man from earlier. Oh, what the fuck? The guy seemed to recognise him too, although now he was considerably more red-faced than he had been at their first interaction, and the guy gave Sokka a quick shove back, making him stumble. "'What's your problem?' Sokka barked, pushing his phone back into his jacket pocket again. "'You are... you are that little cripple and all of them?' the guy barked right back, face red and eyes bright, words slurred with anger or alcohol or both. "'Think you're special? You and all the damn queens like you?' making me look at fruity little gay boys and men in dresses and... Oh, so that had taken a quick turn, the guy spitting as he yelled, and Sokka tried to quell the anger and disgust rising in his stomach. Teo was safe and fine, Ezra was safe and fine, neither of them were hearing this and couldn't be hurt by it. Sokka didn't have to engage with this kind of bullshit, he just needed to get past this guy and then everything would be okay. Soccer put up his hands and tried to keep his voice calm as he took a step to the side. Look, I'm just going back to my car, and clearly you've been drinking a lot since we had our last pleasant encounter, so just. The guy took a step forward and shoved Soccer again. Seriously? Soccer snapped. What are we, 15? More people on the sidewalk were moving, and unfortunately it looked like a lot of the same homophobes from earlier were still milled around outside the taproom. Soccer felt a lurch of worry in his stomach, but tried to focus. This would be fine if he could just stay calm and reasonable. People don't get away with insulting me, the main guy said, getting into soccer's space again. Think I give a shit what some bitch like you thinks? Think you can talk shit about me and I won't? Then don't be a dick to a kid in a wheelchair, arsehole. What's wrong with you? Soccer yelled, forgetting calm and reasonable immediately as he shoved the guy back. Be a fucking man and pick on someone your own size. Yeah, the guy said, and Sokka realised only after the fact that the two of them were pretty similar in size, although the white guy was brawnier and had, you know, back up. Good work, Sokka. Still, he set his ground, looking for an opportunity to get past and make a break for his car. People don't fucking insult me, the guy repeated. Stepping forward again, and Sokka stepped back. You think I can't take some gay Indian bitch like you? Oh, fuck off, you stupid piece of shit, Sokka said, realising he was wildly outnumbered as the other men drew closer behind their leader. Too bad Sokka had never been very good at backing down from bullies. And now that this arsehole had somehow gone after Teo, Sokka's sexuality, and his race, He was about ready to throw caution to the wind and throw a punch instead. The guy took another step, and Sokka stood his ground, hands curling into fists. All I'm trying to do is get to my damn car, he said glaring. So why don't you and your inbred, shit-for-brains buddies just eat a dick? He was not prepared at all for the abrupt fist to the middle of his face, or the insane way it would hurt and instantly make his eyes water. He stumbled back, dropping his jacket and holding his bleeding nose because, shit, it had been a long time since he'd dealt with being punched. Damn it, bad calls all around. Even as he felt the blood already sticky on his hand, he watched the guy approach again while one of his cronies circled around towards Sokka's other side. His vision was still watery though, blurring everything a little too much for comfort. Sokka had the terrible awareness that more people were watching too that someone was shouting something from somewhere, and that the guys were now fully between Sokka and his car. This was probably not a situation he should have let himself get into alone. Not that he'd intentionally gotten into this situation, but still. Where was his ninja boyfriend when he really needed him? Bless Zuko for the little Aikido he had taught Sokka, which at least made him able to block the next bow that came towards his ribs by tucking an elbow to his side although getting punched in the elbow didn't feel a hell of a lot better than getting punched anywhere else. But it did give him the opportunity to bring his other fist up towards the large man's face, which caught him in the jaw and knocked his head back. It also hurt Sokka's own hand like a bitch, but maybe that would be enough to get away? But no, there was the main guy's backup, coming in harder now, probably, in defence of their asshole leader, and that, coming in harder looked like a different fist connecting with the side of Sokka's head and his cheekbone and eye, fucking up his vision and his equilibrium even further. Everything tilted and spun a little bit as he lurched sideways and tried to stay away from the people around him. Were there two of them? Three? He couldn't be sure anymore. That side of the headshot had definitely messed with his sense of motion and self-awareness. No time for pride now. He tucked his face down, perfectly willing to just get out of this no more scathed than he already was, but he wasn't entirely sure how possible that would be as this progressed. He took a few steps backwards, hoping he could retreat to the garden and just hide in there nursing his bruised face and bruised ego for a while, but he ran into someone else. Someone who grabbed his shoulders. Sokka immediately drove an elbow backwards into whoever it was, hoping he wasn't injuring some innocent bystander. Based on the guttural swear and response and the release of his shoulder, he'd made the right choice. God bless Zuko, and Sokka's nosy persistence. Even through his watery eyes, he saw someone approaching. The same guy? He wasn't sure, but kept his head down and covered as best he could as he took another step back and found himself shoved forward again by that guy behind him. He was then met with an unfairly sharp punch in the side that he tried to dodge but couldn't, and fuck. It was just like when he'd been a skinny teen who also didn't know when to get away from dangerous situations, although the alcohol was clearly exacerbating this particular bit of fuckery. He couldn't tell any more at all how many people there were or if the people yelling were for or against him. Another punch in the face that blurred his vision worse. A shove that sent him stumbling again and off the sidewalk, trapped his foot awkwardly between the curb and a chipped old parking block. Someone was screaming something but Sokka couldn't quite hear what it was. Another hit that sent him tumbling, but that was when he actually became aware of his court foot, because his body was going backwards, and his foot most definitely was not. His vision went red as a flash of pain raced through his leg. There was a shout from somewhere. He was falling, he couldn't catch himself, there was only ground, and sky and an unforgiving explosion of new pain in his head that overshadowed everything else. Self-inflicted, my ass. he muttered, as the world went dark. That was The EMT, chapters 1 to 2, by On My Literature Bullshit Again. Thanks to them for such a great cliffhanger opening to this flick. And for letting me record it. If you enjoyed listening, please tell me what you liked over in the comments on Ao3, or come shout at me on Tumblr at MelozukoDear. You can also find on my literature bullshit again there at on my literature bullshit again. Thanks again. Till the next one.